It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. It is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's Tuesday. That means we have the mental edge with Sawyer next coming up uh, here about 1130. Uh, Sawyer's got his contest winner. We're trying to kind of figure out the calculus on all this and make sure we're following all the rules. That's it. It's kind of like crunching business. the numbers now. Uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 certainly looking forward to, uh, to that. It's election day. So I'd imagine some poll workers or vote counters are going to be doing Kind of what Phil's doing right now, trying to figure the damn thing out <laughs> later today in certain <laughs> state. Um, Gamecock basketball, men's basketball opens tonight. The women opened last night. They got their uh, rings. They hung their national championship banner. At some point, they probably need to publicize this a little more uh, rather than the first or second game of the season when nobody cares. Um, uh, I'm not trying to come down on anybody, but – uh, I don't think anybody knew about it, um, but the women uh, routed East the East Tennessee State Buccaneers 101 to 31 last night. So good defense, good offense, all that good stuff. And their schedule is going to get uh, significantly harder after that opener. Mm-hmm. But uh, they always do have a difficult schedule. Uh, men play South Carolina State tonight. South Carolina State hired a new coach in July, which is late. Uh, they're kind of in transition. And remember last year, uh, SC State and Carolina were supposed to play, and it was the one game that got canceled, I think, because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. SC State and Carolina were supposed to play, and they did not. So uh, so they play now to open uh, the 2022-23 basketball season, the first basketball season for Lamont Paris, G.G. Jackson, a host of others, Meiji Johnson, Hayden Brown, uh, not a lot of returners, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a, a somewhat promising nucleus as long as guys like Michi Johnson and Hayden Brown uh, end up playing well around Gigi Jackson. I think uh, it's important for Josh Gray to have a good year. Daniel Hankins Sanford is a freshman they like. Zach Davis, another freshman from within the state that they like. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not saying I'm overly optimistic. It is, it's year one of a tenure. I think getting GG has given some life to the situation. I think they're going to play a style of basketball people like, as long as they can shoot. They shot it well in the exhibition against Morris Hill. Chico Carter, uh, I think you're going to kind of be sitting around going, who in the heck is this this year? Uh, if, you, if you think about Chico last year, every game he played, he scored. I mean, think about the Clemson game. I mean, they were kind of shorthanded, again, because of COVID. And, and uh, I think he scored 20 against the Tigers. But, you know, in Frank Martin's system, you have to play defense. You have to play defense in this system, too. Uh, but, but Chico's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, Jacoby Wright is a backup point guard they like. Not trying to go all the way down the roster. They That kid from Illinois with a hyphenated name is another forward. And uh, Trevon Manat is back in the house. Uh, so here's here's what the deal is. Uh, 76, Gamecock is in the Nana Sports chat box, and he says, got to get Hayden healthy. 
Uh, my understanding is he may be good to go tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. he's on the daggum Instagram post advertising the game. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything, but uh, that's the deal there. <laughs> Uh, today's poll question is just basically about the point spread for Saturday's game, Gamecocks and Gators. Down in the swamp, uh, is Carolina going to cover the nine and a half or not, or eight and a half or not? And boy, oh boy, I put this out in the uh, the iHelp Consulting mailbag, which is also part of uh, the Twitter account. So far, 72% say Carolina plus eight and a half, 27 and a half say Florida minus eight. But there's a lot of griping. Like, check this out. Okay, so this is the iHealth Consulting mailbag. You know, Mark Casillas says, we'll be a long day if Carolina can't stop the run. Uh, And then Matt comes in with, Carolina can't stop the run against Vandy. How the hell will they be against Florida with a fast running back and fast quarterback? And we can't run the ball ourselves or have an offensive line that knows how to block. Tall task for this team, but crazier things have happened. Well... I don't know if you're aware of this, but Florida is awful on defense. Yeah, that's another uh, bad defense we're playing this week. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad defense. And last time I checked, when Carolina's played some bad – like with the exception of Arkansas, which has sort of sunk with their defensive rankings and overall, too, as the season's gone on. You know, with the exception of Arkansas, and I thought that was – that game plan at Arkansas, Phil, wasn't anything close to what the game plan was. Uh, at Vandy the other night. (laughs) I mean, they abandoned the run. It was past, you know, they tried to go empty. They weren't blocking. I mean, this offensive line, by all accounts, has gotten better since that game. Um, Mm -hmm. Florida, like I said, they don't have a very good defense. Uh, I understand the concern about the run defense, but I would be more concerned if Carolina just straight up hadn't stopped the run all year. Uh, and, And look, statistically, uh, teams have gotten rushing yards. Georgia State, Kentucky, A&M all rushed the ball pretty well statistically against the Gamecocks, but it didn't kill them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it it was yardage here, yardage there, chunk here, chunk there. They pretty much held up. They attacked the, the, the point of attack. They got the, to the passer. Sure, Anthony Richardson's going to scare you. I mean, you have to stop him, and you got to keep – you got to at least limit them from running the ball. But they're so bad on defense, man. I don't – I don't know that Carolina, even without Marshawn Lloyd, can't go down there and score enough to win the game. I think the important thing is always going to be for this team for the rest of the year. Get turnovers, uh, attempt, or or not attempt, but if the opportunity arises for you to make a play on special teams, do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then get enough points, man. I mean, don't don't sputter around. uh, Take the fight to them just like you did to Vanderbilt, especially in the first half. And I think the Gamecocks – I can go in there and win. This is not if, – if this were not Florida on the front of the jersey, if this were like Mississippi State or, or even Kentucky, I think people would probably uh, be feeling pretty good, you know, <laughs> about it. But uh, it's not. It, it's the Florida Gators, and so we'll see there. But I, I was just kind of surprised. With, oh, my God. Like, great, 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 great. It's never really that bad, folks. <laughs> don't don't cave to the brand here. Don't cave to the brand. That's all Florida is this year, really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brand, and they and look good win out at College Station uh, over the, the Aggies. But I mean, I happened to glance at the Aggies injury list or out list prior to that game, and then you had other guys with the flu getting IVs and stuff like that. I mean, they were missing probably a good fill fourth of their roster. 
A&M was. Yeah, I'm, yeah yet, they, they were at least 12. <laughs> yeah, Florida, Florida wore them out at the end of the game. But uh, still, that was that game was in the balance. You know, the Aggies had no problem mm-hmm. moving the ball against them. So, uh, we'll see. I agree with everything that's stated. Uh, you can't play run defense or defense like you played against Vandy and have a reasonable mm-hmm. expectation to win because – Florida's always got athletes. They're always fast. You can't go down there and screw up the offensive game plan and try to be, you know, go back. You can't revert on offense. Just take what you did last week and add to it, right? right. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, build on. You know, don't, don't go, you know. Yeah, and that's been a problem around here. You'll see something that works, and then the next game you don't see it. Uh, and, and I've sort of been told that, that you know, throwing, throwing out one week and you know, moving on to the next and doing something completely different. It sounds good on paper, but it's very hard for college kids to do. Um, mm-hmm. you, you need to take what you got, add little wrinkles, build, and move on. Maybe that's what they're doing. It just doesn't look like it, but uh, shoot. Yeah, that, they're just really <laughs> incredibly slow at doing so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whaley went on, to, Matt went on to say, uh, Carolina can't run the ball themselves. I mean, they rushed for 208 yards without um, – Marshawn. Um, so I, I think that uh, uh, that's the deal, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know that running the ball uh, has been a big issue for this team, other than the Missouri game where Marshawn got hurt. You know, they they sort of turned that around. Um, so I, I don't know that it's fair to say they can't run the ball. Uh, you know, I, I think that the key to running the ball, if Lloyd can't go, and probably get some news on that during Beamer's press conference later today, uh, I think the key is just to do what you did. The reverses, the, the making them defend the entire field, all of that good stuff. Uh, don't know if Jaheim Bell's the answer at running back, but if you get 50-something from Jaheim and you get a little bit more from this guy, a little bit more from that guy, that all adds up. Uh, and so that's the deal right there. So, you know, but can't say that, that you're wrong about some of the keys for the game, but I, I think that there's some recency bias here because uh, people just looking at the Vandy game and uh, as we all know Phil <laughs> week to week things change around here you know I mean it, 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 it's one of those things it, it is kind of a kind of one of those things where you, you never get the same team twice Lou Holtz actually said that all right Nana Sports chat box up and rolling Craiger says we're on to Florida <laughs> yeah, we're on to Florida <laughs> Jared says up uh, uh, Jared says, opening day for men's hoops, ready for the Paris era. Clint says, in honor of today, I vote that we kick Florida's posterior on Saturday. Uh-huh. Good job. Yes. By the way, I voted. See, I voted. Phil voted. We all voted. I don't mm-hmm. care who you vote for. Just go vote. Yeah. I'll give my sticker to the little one because she comes with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome. The line wasn't really bad where I'm at either. Uh, mm-hmm. Cynical Larry says, I'm in Florida. Would be nice for a Gamecock win. What part of Florida? Cynical. Uh, and he says hello to me and Phil. Uh, beat the Gators to go to the Gator. That would be appropriate, Clint says. Uh, WTS, morning, guys. Question right off the bat. Does Spencer play in the bowl game? And if he does play, does that indicate he's coming back for next season? You know, I got, I got, I got, I've gotten that. Poor, poor Bill Gunner on 107.5 is just uh, con- continues to ask um, – about guys going to the draft, going to the portal, coming back. Uh, 
and, and look, I love Bill to death, but I, I I don't answer those questions right now because honestly, you won't get a good answer. You know, because you talk to people and every other day there's speculation that one thing will go one way, one will go the other. And I just think, simply put, those decisions have not been made. Uh, I think if Spencer was having a crazy good year and, um, you know, they were going up and down the field and he was throwing for a bunch of yards and say they were like eight and four and going to the Gator Bowl, yeah, I think he'd probably opt out just because he's a quarterback you got your redemption year. Uh, you're going to get drafted high. Why risk it? You know, why risk it? Uh, and, and so I think that could happen. But, you know, I, I don't know. Coming back, going, does he get drafted? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, lights it up the next three games. Obviously, I think that puts it back in the conversation. But um, I don't know. Uh, Jared says Rattler will need all the games and exposure he can get. That's assuming he leaves and goes pro. WTS says, I like Paris' system. More dribble drive. Dribble drive offense allows the offense to play more free. Yeah, they do. That's going to be a big difference because Frank Martin, who is like a lot of basketball coaches, that he it's kind of football coach-esque. He's calling plays. They're set plays. you got to run them, that type of thing. Um, Clint says probably it should be minus seven or so on the point spread. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Contrast says, scheme it up to where you're almost begging Richardson to throw it. If that happens, I really like our chances, LOL. Yeah, you know, that could be a little dangerous, though, because sometimes he'll get he'll get a, get going, right? Mm-hmm. And start completing passes, and you're like, holy crap, where did this guy come from? But it's 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 uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, hit or miss with him. Um, 76 has stacked the box, forced to throw, live with the results on defense, offense attack, get the ball to our guys. Florida's not good defensively. Agreed. Does the injured Florida receiver project to play shorter? Last I heard, shorter was out, but I don't. I don't know. Look with injuries. That's another one of those things. I I don't. I don't know. Yeah, nobody Um, knows. (laughs) J Rock says so. Up, Gamecock fam. Tried time to go to the swamp and emerge victorious. We're the hunter, not the prey. Go Gamecocks. Maybe he says. Florida has a better has been a better team than us this year to this point. That doesn't mean we don't have a chance. I don't know. Have they been better? I don't know. Uh, they've, they've been inconsistent. I know that. <laughs> they, they beat Utah in an opening game. They did beat Missouri. Carolina did not. Um, True. They lost to Kentucky. Carolina did not. Will Levis played for Kentucky that night. It was game two. Um, they beat A&M. So did Carolina. Uh, A&M was – Beat up pretty bad though, or at least had the flu really bad when they played them. Lost to LSU. You know, I think they've, you know, uh, I think they've been. Um, I think they've probably they've been better on offense than, than South Carolina. They have, they've had a better offense this year than the Gamecocks, and I don't I don't think they're world beaters on offense, but they are better. Uh, I think defensively, it's not close. I think South Carolina is the better defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, there's some recency bias because of what Andy did, but. You know, there's a lot. Even somebody mentioned, Phil, uh, gosh, was it on the – it was on the show. It was on 107.5 this morning. They were like, well, it rained all day at Mandy. They have artificial turf. Maybe the guys were slipping. 
I, I, hmm. I hope that's I hope that's the case. I mean, I, I would I would uh, that explain uh, that great, you know, because that means hey, we don't we're not just terrible, you know, we we just you know kind of battle <laughs> the elements there. Um, Nathaniel says, "What are the thoughts on some of the South Carolina Mr. football finalists?" I, I haven't looked at them. Uh, you know, I want to post them here. I can give my comments on that. Maybe says JC, I'm fine lining Jaheim up in the backfield, not handling the ball, handing the ball once. Make their linebackers cover him out of the backfield. Good luck. You know, yeah, that's another good idea. <laughs> that's the reason Debo's been so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Create those mismatches, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he said that's the reason Debo's been so successful as the wide back. Um, Mark and Wico says, I vote we outscore Florida by one point Saturday. <laughs> uh, Timothy says, I'm excited for a bowl, but more excited about an offense new OC. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people feel that way. I, I'm going to, and you guys know how I feel on that subject. I'm just going to, it, it doesn't the program no good to sit around and just talk about Satterfield to death. I mean, um, because I'm the bottom line is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I, you know how I feel about this subject. Right. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as critical as anybody. Uh, you know, I think that this probably should have been done a long time ago, but there's nothing that you can do. And, and I think that having that you know, constant negative, narrative uh, on social media, wherever it, it just, I mean, it, you know, it kind of throws your team and, and your, your, your organization a curveball a little bit because they're going to start to pick up on it, you know, and, and then that's going to be the focus there instead of going out and beating Florida. Um, so that's why, you know, I'm not saying that what we do and what we talk about here affects the team that, that plays one bit. Um, I'm just saying this thing's grown into such a, like a snarky, like, uh, it, it's almost like cancel culture in a way on Twitter. And it's like, nobody can have a conversation without mentioning Marcus Satterfield. And I don't think he quite frankly deserves the, the, the publicity, no. you know, I mean, <laughs> and that includes the game day sign in Athens the other day. I mean, just, just let it play out. I mean, because there's nothing you can do uh, for about the next three games. If you're anybody, you just got to hope for the best thought they look pretty good in some way, Saturday night. So uh, Florida is definitely beatable. Uh, again, if they had another brand on their jersey, I don't think people would be like, oh, man. I think they'd be shocked Carolina was a seven-point underdog. Mm. Uh, Contreras says, I hope we get a great bowl destination. Probably got to get the seven, though. And it's interesting you say that, Contreras, because you look at, like, teams in the SEC that aren't going – that may not be bowl eligible. And A&M – has to win out to go to a bowl. Good luck. Uh, Arkansas is in jeopardy because they've got to beat LSU uh, or Missouri. I mean, if they if they lose to LSU and Missouri, they're probably Arkansas is not going to the bowl. I think they will. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, Vinny's obviously out. Missouri is very precarious because they have to beat. I think. Uh, well, they do have Vandy left but they also have Arkansas at the end. So, uh, you know, they're all kind of bunched up there together. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. Maybe yeah. says they played a lot of good games against really good teams. Florida? 
I think Georgia blew the doors off of them and let up. Uh, I, I think LSU also did the same. Um, they played well against Utah. They played well against Tennessee offensively. But they scored points on Tennessee, yeah, but, I mean, lost the game. I don't know. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how impressive they've been. Uh, Clint says they almost lost to USF. They did. USF, not a good team. Jeff Scott, of course, fired. Um, Does that seem a bit hasty to you? I don't know. How, what did, how, how long was he there? Two two years? Yeah, three. He came in during the three? pandemic. Three. They ran Charlie Strong off, hired Jeff. You know, about the, the only thing I would have told him was he probably should have hired Bobby Bentley as his full-time play caller this year. He did not elect Travis Trickett, who I also know and like, but you know, I, I think it was probably time for Bentley. But uh, yeah, so he uh, he was one in twenty six against FBS teams. Their defense was god awful, uh, and, and coached by Bob Shoup, who used to be at Penn State. Man, he's pretty good coordinator. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, Clint says, or right, Nathaniel Tool says, to Jarvis Green Dutch Ford. Uh, is that a Mr. Football guy? Was he the, or Bryson James, Raheem Jeter, Xavier McLeod, Jonah Norris, Lenora Sellers, and Tyler Smith? Of those guys, I'm probably going Lenora Sellers. Yeah. Just say, uh, you know, Raheem Jeter, Xavier McLeod, uh, surpri- surprised they're on there. Lenora's is probably the guy. Steven says, I live down in Jacksonville. If this wind from the storm stays around, Saturday will be interesting. No, I absolutely will. Crager says Ventrell Miller's a really good player. He is. Uh, Clint asks, is there anything newsworthy about Khalifa Keith now that he decommitted from Kentucky? There's some quiet confidence in South Carolina right now. I know Tennessee offered two, and everybody around here is just kind of like bowing to the mighty Vols and doesn't think that, you know, they'll get a player from them or whatever. But, uh, you know, I I think South Carolina is kind of a driving force there with that guy. That's not to say he won't end up at Tennessee because he could, but I, I like where the Gamecocks are at at this point. Um, um, J-Rock says, I say on defense, load the box, put trust in our DBs, and let Coach Gray shine against his old team. On offense, a good dose of DK QB along with Rattler. Attack Florida with the run and pass. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, Cynical says I'm in Hobe Sound, Florida About to hit the pause button to go cast my vote uh, Tiffany says Dude, I am positive These are exciting times I'm hoping for more wins But we're going bowling And that is progress And this program keeps moving forward Agreed Yep, yeah It's um, important to make bowl eligibility We, we did that And just got to keep it rolling Because we got a good class coming in There's the portal And, you know Make the right moves in the off season. Although I don't like using that term. <laughs> you can keep that momentum going. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's recruiting it's season a, at that point. It's all you know? recruiting season, and then it's fall yep. season, and then it's summer recruiting season, and then it's preseason mm-hmm. practice season. Dabo tried to get Jeff Scott on the first Allegiant Airlines flight to GSP Allegiant. Yeah, my brother's a pilot. Told me never to fly them. Um. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Jeff didn't call plays at Clemson. That was all Tony Elliott. I think a lot of us had a hard time believing it because Jeff is the son of a, you know, say what you want about Brad Scott. He's a pretty good play caller, you know. 
and I think he dialed him up at Blythewood, but he was never the call, never the guy. So, I mean, I don't know. Did you, did you, when Jeff went to South Florida, did Dabo skip? Did, did he skip it and give it to, to Brandon Streeter? And now he's going to come back and put Jeff back in the, you know, the, uh, the accession line or whatever, the, the, the replacement line. I don't know. Uh, WTS says Bentley to Wofford makes a lot of sense to me. I, that would intrigue the you know what out of me. So I mm-hmm. think Bobby's system's very adaptable to whatever talent he's got. And obviously, he's from Spartanburg, and you know Wofford is a uh, is a winning program. So uh, Tiffany agrees. Jeff Scott didn't do well. Jared says any chance of a Bobby Bentley return? Not at present, and I don't know. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe says, would Khalifa Keith get a boost in the recruiting rankings? Seems like a kid all these SEC programs want is a little better than a mid three star most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Quinn Shud Judkins, three star yeah. uh, running back out of Alabama, he's doing pretty well for Ole Miss right now. You know, uh, but like like you know, at the beginning of the cycle, Alabama had twenty deep, four star above. And, and those guys don't like to come off their early rankings. So there, there's kind of a ceiling in that state. I don't, don't ask me about the logic of that, but uh, I always say they rank guys too quickly. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, so, sometimes when it's – and I'll tell you this, too, with, with Khalif Keith. Well, let's just hold the phone here for a minute, right? <laughs> Auburn's getting a new coach. Auburn's mm-hmm. previous coach could not recruit his way out of a paper bag. He was like the Frank Sinatra of recruiting. I did it my way and you're 14th in the SEC and have a bunch of reaches. I mean, uh, it was almost as bad as Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. I mean, that bad. Uh, the new Auburn coach, he's going to come in. They're like, who we got in state? Well, coach, we got this running back named Khalifa Keith. Uh, 6'2", He decommitted from Kentucky, South Carolina, or Tennessee. Well, can we get him? Yeah, he grew up an Auburn fan. All right, War Eagle, and that's where he's going. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. Maybe the new Auburn coach is just like, oh, we don't need running backs. We're on to Cincinnati. But, um, <laughs> you know, just everybody keep in mind, keep that all that in mind. Auburn is getting a new coach. They have been, as major programs go, one of the most dormant recruiting programs under Harson I've seen. It's like he went in there and said – we're, you know, we were six and four under Malzahn and beat Bama four times, but we need to change the way we recruit because we don't have players. Yeah, because there's not enough players here, so let's you know not actively yeah, recruit. Look at them, got like three, uh, three full, three fullbacks from the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. I uh, shingle out front. Tiffany come says, I say we need to hit the portal. Yeah, come play for Auburn. Hey, that's what LSU did last year. Brian Kelly gets the job. Coach O would laugh like, well, there's like a lot of guys leaving in the portal. I'm going to go. I'm in the portal myself. Uh, I'll join the transfer portal. Coach O to Destin, Florida. That's why I'm taking my talents to Destin. Uh, we lost about 65. <laughs> we lost about 65 players. Uh, and then there were some guys from Louisiana that went elsewhere that we didn't offer. And uh, Brian Kelly came in and hung out a shingle. And said, come back home to LSU. And we got them all. We got, we got a Kobe Fields from. from South Carolina from he's from Metairie. Good player. Metairie. We got a bunch of guys from Arkansas that are from Louisiana. Good player. Brown Kelly 
doing a good job. Um, maybe he says Arkansas got that Sanders kid from Bama that was killing us. No, he's from Rockledge, Florida, which is, I think, up on the panhandle toward Bama. But he's from Florida. Uh, Bobby Bentley recruited him for South Carolina. They were second, and he wasn't supposed to be a running back. He's supposed to be a receiver. The Rocket. So, uh, oh, Quantrell says, Dan Lanning just doubled down in Oregon, says the grass isn't always greener. Well, obviously, Dan, your colors are green and yellow. Just kidding. Quite, and quite. if you want it greener, just ask Phil Knight. He'll make it as green as you want. Yeah, he wants it green. Just ask Phil. It's like, hey, uh, Dan, I'm going get, to uh, get you some Nike green out there, Emerald. How about that? Nice little sparkly. I'll make it look like the Wizard of Oz. I don't give a crap. So, um, oh, baby's talking about the transfer for Ben on defense. Drew Sanders, mm. yes, and he was from yeah. Alabama. He was actually a state of Alabama. I thought you were talking about Rocket Sanders. Sorry about that, maybe. My bad. I didn't mean to be unnecessarily argumentative. Go, Joe. All right. We're going to be back with uh, uh, the Mental Edge with Sawyer Knicks and a contest winner right now here on Inside the Game Classes show. Uh, go Tigers. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. All right. Good. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is brought to you by, in the first hour, Cindy Searfoss of Colwell Banker Kane Realty. Give Cindy a call for all of your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. We are joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Sawyer Nix for our mental edge this week. Good morning, Sawyer. How are you doing? Wait, 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 sorry, right. we got uh, we got some audio, some audio issues. <laughs> uh-uh. Yep, you sound uh, I don't know, it's it like, like a using like robot Mr. filter. Mr. Roboto, Mr. Roboto, hold on, check that. Actually, sorry, let let Phil disconnect you and you hit him right back to so see if that works. See if that fixes. Yeah, let's do that. Let me let's do that. Get him out. Him out. Like that. Get him out and get him back in. How about now? Are you? They sound better. Give us a test. Uh-huh. No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's I'm gonna see kick you. you all the way out and just reclick the link, Sawyer. Bye bye. By the way, we do have a contest uh-huh. winner. Uh, I, it, don't we? I believe so. Yeah, uh, Xavier, so. Xavier Manley, what part of our Pacific Northwest? Uh, that's right. Troops. By the way, I picked 3120. I picked 3121 last week. That wasn't bad. No, you did well. You did well. You would have won the contest. I would have won the contest. You would have won the contest. I'm going to send a prize pack to myself. (laughs) I'm going to send you some average jambalaya, JC. Average jambalaya. J Rock says you should start doing a weekly segment as Coach O recapping the weekend of football that was. That would be awesome. 
<laughs> oh, Sawyer's back. Let's see. Try three. Hey, there we are. There you, you go. You sound there better now, man. Yeah. Robots All right. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? But I'll say it's right. a good week when uh, a good portion of the orange fog loses. So we have some of the orange fog that spills over from Tennessee, but a good portion of orange fog here in the upstate. So when that orange fog loses and the Gamecocks win, you know, it's pre- pretty good week. It's not bad. I did not. Uh, I did not hate hearing the lamenting of my neighbors on their back porches as, as we were winning and they were not. <laughs> hmm. So we just announced Sawyer that they were, uh... Xavier Manley is the winner of the prize pack. So Xavier Congrats. with the score was twenty-seven to twenty. He did follow uh, us as well as you, which was really the thing that qualified him and sent him to the moon there so out from the shadows of mount rainier in the uh pacific northwest enclave of gamecock nation there congrats, we go <laughs> congrats congrats i think i'll be doing another one perhaps carolina clemson week so uh, that'll be fun yeah. so, so we'll, mm, that we'll try and do another one that week so always a lot of fun yes yeah, so i'm gonna need if you're listening i'm gonna need your t-shirt size uh, and then I got the other goodies for you, and I'll, I'll ship it out to the Pacific Northwest a- ASAP. So that'll be good. We appreciate Sawyer sponsoring that. Sawyer Nicks, follow him on Twitter at Sawyer Nicks. If, uh, if you hadn't already, it's a good follow and all that. Well, Sawyer, uh, you know, you, we, we talk all the time about resiliency. I, I thought, yes, the team was resilient, bouncing, getting back up. But, you know, I talked to a couple of sources uh, the night before the game, when the, after they flew to Nashville, they're like, "Yeah, right, feels good." They go, I don't know why everybody's thinking they're going to lose. Uh, I thought the offense, though, played free almost. It was, it was almost like the, the the restrictor plates were off a little bit. You know, what can you make of uh, the offense? That they looked like they were having fun playing loose. What can you make of that? Like when, when a team's out there and they don't, they're not thinking as much. Or, going out there playing and kind of letting the game come to them. Absolutely. I mean, any task that we do that we enjoy doing, uh, it's we're, we're much more relaxed when we have success. When, same thing with the players. You know, if they're having all these uh, algebraic concepts that they're having to execute and they're having to think and then not only consider their steps and their play and their assignment, but also, all right, what do I need to do to the opponent as well? It just makes things so complex, and, and players can't play free. And so it, when they did that, it just relaxes the players. They look forward to it, so it's fun. You know, just like when we go to family events or, or things, sometimes if we enjoy them, we're much more relaxed versus, oh, my gosh, I have to go to this. I have to. We're just so rigid, and we're, we drag our feet, and we there's no part of it that we really enjoy and look forward to. So anytime the players have opportunities to demonstrate their values and their skill set, they enjoy that. And anytime they have opportunity to demonstrate that and beat down an opponent, they thrive on that. So they, they very much look forward to that. And, and that's why coaching is such an integral part of putting players into positions where you can succeed. And that's why it's also important for, you know, the players, they work so hard you're not going to enjoy it. If I work as hard as they did and I dread Saturdays, 
I mean, I, I would be in the transfer portal or I'd be doing something else. I'd be going elsewhere. Um, there's no enjoyment in working that hard only to be confused and stressed and frustrated. It's just not worth it. So I, I was I was very excited to see the offense getting to the edge, having some different players touch the ball, um, having some of the leaders, you know, like uh, Karen Joyner, that's on the team that's invested, you know, to give him a shot. And he produced every time he had the ball in his hands, he produced every time, you know, Bell had the, the ball, they produced. And so that's the other side of the coin. Not only were they free and relaxed, but they produced. Now, if they didn't produce it, you know, it doesn't matter as much. But the fact is they were, they were having fun. They were loose and they produced and it showed. Oh, you're next. A little edge each and every week. Um, you know, I, the game guys didn't tackle nor play defense all that well, uh, I thought, uh, on Saturday night. And maybe there were some elements to it. Maybe not. Maybe it was just a bad game. Uh, how, how does the defense refocus? Because Florida's going to present a lot of unique challenges, similar similar to Vandy. I mean, their, their style of play, it's not – Billy Napier doesn't really air it out. It, it's really ground-based, but he does do a good job of running his quarterbacks. He's tricky in the pass game. Um, it's another one of those offenses that schematically, just like Missouri, Vandy, you know, whoever, they're, they're not as kind of straightforward as a Kentucky or A&M. It's going to take focus and it's going to take some some discipline on that side of the ball. Uh, how do you sort of recapture that uh, along with the momentum that this defense had there for, for a while, uh, but seemingly has kind of backtracked the last two weeks? Right. One of my keys, I think, will be the health of the defense this week. I, I think if they if were relying too much on, on third stringers versus Florida, I have some concerns um, going into that game about being able to slow them and, and stop them. And Certainly, I, I think going back to the aggressiveness that you've mentioned, JC, and, and having them be aggressive. Now, obviously, you can't be – over aggressive because then they'll throw in a reverse or throw in a wrinkle here or there and, and all of a sudden you're over pursuing and you're in trouble but i think being aggressive i think will be good and also being aggressive players will flop to the ball you know it, in terms of tackling there will be aggressive mindset flocking to the ball hitting hard um and, and you'll see that and also assignments i mean there were too many times in, in the past few games where a player gets sucked in out of position, just misses their assignment or their key on that play. And that can't happen. Um, and if you're a step slower, plus you miss a, a key, you know, you're, you're toast. And then it's 10-yard gain, 50-yard gain, hopefully not a bust in a long run. But versus Florida, that can happen. Again, their talent's a little bit better. So you need to be much more sharp on, all right, my responsibility is setting the edge here. My responsibility is this portion of the field or this player. Uh, and keying on those assignments and also flocking to the ball, running to the ball. I think sometimes you'll watch teams where a player seemingly has a guy wrapped up while the rest of the team slows down. Instead of jogging, they just kind of almost stop and assume the other guy has them tackled to the ground. But they need to team tackle run to the ball, speed, use their uh, talents that they have and play strongly as a team. I was excited to see a little more edge. I, th I think perhaps versus the Missouri game that was so flat, I saw the players 
not only on offense but on defense, they played with a little more edge than they did. Now that perhaps went in a over overkill in the fact that it resulted in some mm-hmm. penalties and things like that. But sometimes do I accept the penalty and say, you know what, I'd rather them have a penalty or two and, and be more aggressive and have an edge to them or come out like Missouri and be flat and then having guys taunt me in the face and things like that. And I'd, I'd almost be willing to give up a 15-yard penalty, you know, not excessive, and certainly there were way too many penalties that took place. But I'll take a penalty or two to keep the edge, you know, if, if I'm the coaching staff. Now, would I ever tell players that? No. Uh, but would I look the other way, you know, to, to keep the team as a whole going in the right direction and staying aggressive? Absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd allow for that. Florida and Tennessee are tied for lead in the SEC and turnover margin this year. That means the Gators have not turned it over uh, as much as they've taken it away. I, I think the game could come down to turnovers, uh, Sawyer, because, you, you know, you kind of look at you know, up at Vandy, the, the game cracks – Turned it over once. Vandy turned it over four times. Um, that can hurt you. You know, that can hurt you. I, I, I think Florida uh, is always a little bit faster on defense, uh, even when they're not that great on that side of the ball. I remember, um, gosh, the interim coach here, Randy Shannon, took over for the Swamp Donkey, and he comes up, and, you know, Jake Bentley, they go out there firing away because – I think Muschamp and Roper wanted to run it up on them. Uh, and Jake threw, what, three interceptions in the first half? And, and the reason was is their defensive backs are just a, just a bit quicker than everybody else's because they have – in the state of Florida, you have those type of athletes. Even even your – you know, as bad as USF was, they're still a fast football team. Um, I, I, I think that it does take some concentration and focus on assignments uh, to cut down on turnovers. Uh, and, and also, like you said, the aggressiveness to, to force them or get them. Um, you know, it's another road game, uh, four o'clock kickoff. So it'll be somewhat loud, a little louder than, than Vandy the other night and probably louder than it would be at a noon kickoff. But uh, h- how does this offense keep its focus uh, and avoid the turnover bugaboo against a team that's pretty good at winning the turnover battle? Well, I think if, if you have Rattler staying back there and staying like a statue and allowing Florida to dictate, allowing them to rush and doing some of what the team has done offensively during most of the year, things will not your, – your chances of having a pick is, is going to increase because there's going to be forced balls. Anytime you force things, you know, uh, it's, it's always trouble. Um, I think certainly being creative on offense – playing loose, playing fast, you know, they, it's going to be a little more difficult for the defensive line to, 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 or the linebackers to send some blitzes and key on things. And it keeps them a little more, you know, relaxed on the offense. And also, the, again, the defense can't key on things and just sit back and, and force things. So I, I think that's, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to to seeing is do they continue to roll out? Do they continue to get some perimeter runs? Do they continue to be creative on offense so that things aren't predictable? When you're predictable, it's like you're a sitting target. It's just like they're going to come after you. They're going to, they're going to make things very difficult uh, for you to perform on every single play, whether it's a simple run or a more complex play. So I, I think that's that's one of the keys. And de- defensively, again, being aggressive. What do we have to lose? You know, I'd rather us gamble it 
And especially when you're at the Swamp in Florida, we're trying to get one more game before we see Tennessee, you know, seemingly before the Georgia loss was, was humming at a pretty good pace. You know, put, you know, put it all out there. And, you know, we're, we have three games left. There's no point in reserving anything. We have guys that are injured. We've made it to a bowl game. So at this point, you know, things are either going to stay where they're at or they're going to get better. I would just roll the dice, um, especially versus a team like Florida. And same thing versus Tennessee. You got a night game, um, and we'll talk about that next week. But I'd be more aggressive if, if I'm the coaching staff. Let the guys have fun. You've worked hard. We're going to end of the year. We're going to a bowl game. Let's let's just fire it and let's let's get everything out there on the table. We can't hold anything back. There's no more, you know, secrets. We are who we are at this point in the year, and and so that that'll be one of the things that I think is really really um, important is just seeing them play fast and loose, both on offense and defense, and and having the coaches put them in a position where it can be more aggressive. Absolutely, oh, sorry, we really appreciate your time. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Phil. No, no, I was just gonna. Um, I was just gonna say we're wrapping up with Sawyer Nix and uh, just kind of get his feel for the, what he thinks how the how the game's gonna play out this weekend. Yeah, the prediction, yeah. man. How, what did you predict last week? You said twenty-seven seventeen last week. Yeah, something that wasn't like bad. that. So, uh, not I, bad. I had thirty. Um, I had thirty-one twenty. Yeah, you're even closer. So, um, I think this week, I think it will be. Let's see. I think the spread's nine. I think definitely or eight and a half. I think definitely the Gamecocks cover that. I was my initial response was I was thinking like six or seven points was what the spread may be, uh, but hearing that it was nine, I was I was quite surprised. Now, what defense and what offense we get out of the Gamecocks? Certainly, I think it's less about Florida and more about the Gamecocks, um, and I, I think that that will be the key. You know, again, injuries. What does that look like on, on defense? Do they play aggressive? Offense, do they play aggressive? And if so, I, I see us winning the game um, for sure. Now, if we play passively and we're missing many, many um, good players in the defense, it it, has, it lends itself to not being a, uh, a good game and things could kind of swing the other way. But I, I'll take South Carolina in the points. Um, maybe another – you know, I'll say similar score um, to to last week, maybe 30, you know, 20, 30, 21, something like that, you know, a touchdown or so spread. I think Carolina can score enough points again to see how the defense, you know, does. If we can rattle that young quarterback, even in his home place, just, just getting them off and getting them forcing some turnovers, we'll, we'll see. All right, Sawyer, that's a good thing. I think the turnovers are going to be a, a big factor. I think Carolina, you know, they're playing a, a defense that's really struggling right now. I mean, I think we all agree South Carolina does have some weapons on offense. So I, I would think, you know, I, I would think that that would probably be a, a pretty good prediction, kind of what I'm leaning toward myself. All right, thanks, bud. Uh, we uh, Congratulations again to Xavier for winning the prize pack and uh, looking forward to next week, man. Yeah, and, and one other thing, since it is November, I think um, I mentioned three games left. I think as Gamecock fans for a month, a, a lot of people focus on trying to be more thankful, and I think that that's something that we could maybe take a moment in our day or in our week, spend a little more time, you know, take a breath, um, 
pay attention to the leaves outside changing colors and or perhaps falling and uh, enjoy enjoy what God's given us and, and figure out how we can be more thankful, even though sometimes the, the ball doesn't bounce our way, uh, literally, as a Gamecock fan. If we can still enjoy the few games we have left and enjoy the fact that we're bowl eligible and be thankful for that. Um, typically, when I meet with a lot, of, a lot of couples and do some marriage things with them, I kind of point out, you can either be thankful or you can be ungrateful and, and grumpy. You, you typically can't be both at the same time. So let's kind of maybe in the next couple of days, just take a breath and figure out how we can be, be thankful for what we got during this, during this season. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had a, a conversation with our, our ninth grader the other day about gratitude. Yep. That's a lost uh, trait. In some ways, and, and I believe all right, so you appreciate it. Values, yep. I think it's one of the core values for of, the game of, of the game guy football program. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, certainly we can, we can do the same. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Sawyer, next right. with the mental edge joins us every Tuesday right here on Inside mm-hmm. the Game Guys' show. Again, follow him on Twitter at Sawyer Nicks. Uh, go to his website and visit with him, uh, and all that. He's got services, uh, especially if you're near the upstate. Uh, all that good stuff. All right, so the Nana's Porch chat box, seventy six Gamecocks. Come on, now. and Lady, Lady Bree are getting into a contest about scheme and all that stuff. Lady Bree actually makes a good point uh, about the spy, um, but uh, I'll say this: they've played with this kind of spy ish before. Uh, I'll give you two examples from last year: North Carolina and Florida. Um. I don't know what they tried to do against Arkansas, but it didn't work. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. uh, but that dude, that dude, that dude is different than Richardson. They're both pretty big quarterbacks, but that Jefferson will just fall forward for a couple of yards. Richardson's more of a guy you can get him on the ground. He's just he's got to get going. He's fast. He's faster than KJ, which mm-hmm. is a whole different set of problems, right? Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think actually Lady Bree makes a good point. 76 makes a good point, you know, uh, all that good stuff. Sawyer Nicks, the mental edge right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Again, at Sawyer Nicks. Uh, Austin B says, Garner's Farrier, stop arguing. For those that don't know, on the bigspur.com, whenever people start getting in, in little titty tats, they say, meet me at Rush's on Garner's Ferry." <laughs> Meet me at Rush's. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, you know, Rush's is delicious. Mm. Double chili cheeseburger basket with fries, maybe a milkshake. The fried chicken. Wait a they don't pay me for advertising, so I'm not going to talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> Porch, though, has really good food. And <laughs> a sports chat box. But um, Lady Bree says, I didn't see a spy until the fourth quarter against Mizzou and not at all during Vandy. You know, I don't think it was wise to play A.J. Swan with a spy. I think Mike Wright, when he was in, that's probably what you should have done because he runs it. But, uh, you know, that that's the king thing there. Jafaller says Rushes is the best, J.C. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> probably probably look at me and go, boy, you, you're you not missing many meals up there, <laughs> many types of food. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Uh, Bernie's or Palmetto Pig for fried chicken in Columbia. I love Palmetto Pig now. No, don't, don't talk to me about that. Man, y'all are getting me hungry. 
That's crazy. Yeah. All this um, food I, somebody's cooking something downstairs too that's wafting its way up into the bonus room. Uh, <laughs> and that's uh, not helping there's, either. There's some, <laughs> there's some cooking going on. All right. Um, on the iHelp Consulting mailbag, uh, Game Got Pastor comes to something yesterday. What are we hearing about Sam McCall? Uh, Sam McCall was a five star athlete from Lakeland, Florida. The Gamecocks got him to visit. Tori and Gray, of course, is from Lakeland, Florida. You know, Carolina had Javante McClendon from that school sign. There was an off-the-field issue that they had to drop him over I'm not, that I'm not going to get into. But, uh, you know, so I don't I don't know uh, where that would stand if he stays in, if he stayed in the portal, but he went right back. He was in the portal and then pulled his name out. So I don't know what went on at Florida State. He's probably not happy because he's not playing, but, but he was also a guy that you kind of had to sort of find him a home and develop him a little bit. And Florida State's pretty good on defense this year if, if he's going to be a DB. Um, uh, and I don't know that he's not playing at all. I, I haven't watched Florida State as much as I probably should have. But uh, uh, it's probably, you know, these five-star guys, man, they're like, oh, I'll just leave. I'll just leave. I don't have to be here. Oh, my God. So, uh, anyway, No Shave November is in full effect, says Manscaped, one of our sponsors. Uh, so yeah, so that's the answer. And game pastor, I'm sorry I did not get that to get that to answer yesterday. I, I did not see it, but um, you know that's kind of the the deal there. Uh, as far as Sam McCall goes, I don't I don't know that he's going to uh, end up you know actually leaving. If he does, maybe the Gamecocks have a puncher's chance. Maybe they don't. Uh, I sure would like him back there in that secondary with those other two young guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, you know, heck, he can play offense too. So uh, he, he's that good of a player. Um, uh, Clint says, "Isn't McCall Gray's cousin?" Or maybe I'm thinking of something else. You're thinking of someone else, Clint. Pretty sure about that. Uh, Tiffany says, "This chat box is off the chain." That's right. It's off the chain completely. <laughs> um, anytime I come to Columbia, rushes is automatic. Get started on food today early. So, you know, and, and Phil, I did some research on this. Again, Florida, shoot, man, uh, they have the 20th ranked rush offense in the country. So you have to stop their run. 208 yards a game they average. Uh, and, and team stats don't always mean everything. I kind of like to look at them because it kind of gives you a feel about not necessarily the winners and losers, but where the matchups are. And if you play the point spreads, uh, sometimes the the total offense, total defense numbers will give you a little bit more of a clue as far as the scores, more than scoring offense and defense. Um, and so look at it, you know, offenses in this league this year off the charts. Uh, Florida's seventh in the league in total offense, but number 41 nationally. Uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, Carolina's 10th in the league, 89th nationally. Then you got A&M, Vandy. Missouri, and then Kentucky. How do you like that pro-style offense at Kentucky? How's that working out for you? <laughs> how, how's the Rams how the Ram, How's the Rams 49ers mesh going out there? And that's a guy that had actually called plays before in the NFL. I'm telling you, it's, it's full, fool's gold, man. If you're going to run mm-hmm. – if you're going to run that, you've got to make sure you got a guy like Bill O'Brien at Alabama who knows – and Sark before him. It's coached in both leagues and understands the differences 
between the two. Uh, you know, one of the best things I liked about Carolina's the way Carolina approached offense on Saturday against Vandy, it looked like a college offense. It did, yeah. Spread it out. Spread all it right. out. Spread the field. Make here. them defend the entire field. Misdirection, all that good stuff. Um, so we're going to dive into that, dive into Florida a little bit. Uh, continue the conversation from the Nanosports chat box, maybe a little mailbag, uh, maybe a little talk about the rest of the SEC and what we think um, right here on Election Day 2022. Episode number 62 of Inside the Gamecocks, the show, back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? 
Hey folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas this is this is braylon wimmer south carolina gamecock baseball and you are listening to inside the gamecocks the show with jc and phil go cox Welcome back to the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax of the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at a Burgesson, that's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net for all your commercial or investment real estate needs. And I was just sitting here trying to pull up some ESPN stuff, JC, about the league, so we could talk about that a little bit. But what you got? I, uh, it's just a weird year. You know, I mean, I, I was thinking about this, uh, today realistically. And, and it's, 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 if you're, if you're an old Miss fan, uh, now you do have to play Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't think the tide's just going to be rolling over for old Lane Kiffin. That's in Oxford uh, after their bye week. And they do go to Arkansas, they did Mississippi state. They have three pretty tough games left. I don't know how good they are really. Um, Ole Miss could win that division. They control their own destiny. Uh, well, actually, they don't. No, yeah, they don't. They don't because uh, LSU needs to lose nope. one. Yeah, yeah um, LSU. But LSU, yeah, I mean, LSU has at Arkansas and at Texas A&M. Now, unless Texas A&M gets really healthy, they have no chance. Uh, they also have a home game with U- with UAB, who's always somewhat tough. But, uh, yeah, that Arkansas game coming up this weekend – it's going to be pretty interesting, pretty interesting mm-hmm. for uh, for LSU. And I'm sorry, Ole Miss does not have a bye this weekend. Last weekend, and they play Bama Saturday on CBS. So, mm-hmm. shoot, it, I, I guess it's just no rest for the weary in Tuscaloosa. Um, if I'm Ole Miss, I'm probably almost hoping that they had beaten LSU last week so they don't kind of get up off the mat. Uh, Bama has Ole Miss, and then even if they lose that, they're not going to lose again because they have uh, Austin P and Auburn remaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> that Austin P game is not going to be pretty, probably not. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mighty governors from Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I, right what's going to be interesting, <laughs> Phil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clemson, you know, with Clemson going down to Notre Dame and, and doing it in unimpressive fashion and the fact that it's not a very impressive Notre Dame team this year, I think that pretty much puts them out. Stranger things have happened, and a lot of times you do get situations where sort of their uh, the brand or, or the, the success kicks in. So, so I'm not going to say they have no shot to get in, but I will say this, it's uh, – uh, the Tigers lost a lot, <laughs> I, I think, Saturday. Um, 
if you look at it that way. So what I think Tennessee now is set up, even with the loss to Georgia, they're in a they're set spot. up to make the playoff because they go up, yeah, they go eleven and one, man. They don't have to go to Atlanta, so you don't take another L. Uh, and you're probably sitting there some somewhat close to the top four. That LSU win they had now, uh, this just goes to show you uh, teams change week to week. Those mm-hmm. teams played again and played at night in Baton Rouge. Uh, let's just say, go Tigers. But uh, I, uh, it may be, maybe not. But but I, I don't think it's a forty to thirteen game where LSU comes out uninspires and fumbles the kickoff away and all that crap. Um. But that win, nevertheless, is going to look really, really good, especially if LSU goes on to win the West uh, oh, yeah, division. Yeah. Well, I and, love it how um, the, the UT fans need to now be the biggest Georgia fans there ever have been. Because yes. I think if Georgia if Georgia just runs the table, wins the uh, conference, then Tennessee will probably be slid into the fourth playoff spot. So congratulations, yeah. you're going to get your rematch. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Fowler says coming home to Columbia for Christmas with the family suggestions for fried chicken. He's tracking Zestos and rushes. Want to try something new. Bernie's pretty good. Uh, Palmetto pig, as someone said earlier, man, sometimes when lizards thick, it has fried chicken. It's not bad. I'm not a big fried chicken on the bone guy. I'll eat the chicken fried chicken and the, and the chicken fried steak. But chicken on the bone, I got to be in the mood for it. I kind of like that uh, Bojangles, <laughs> you know, especially the tailgate. I think Bojangles, Bojangles is pretty salty, like in a good way. Uh, so there you go, Jeff Fowler, and uh, certainly will be special to get home uh, to South Carolina. Um, Craiger says, "Did y'all hear Kiffin after fine ball mask at the Bama run was over?" He said that was goat fuel or something like that. Yeah. So Saban always says stuff is rat poison, right? That's rat poison. And so Kevin now has something called goat fuel. Don't tell him that. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Um, you know, so that's the deal now. Tiffany says, I wish someone would beat Ohio State. Um, Michigan could do it. Michigan arguably Ohio Ohio State's had some games where you kind of scratch your head. Uh, uh, namely Notre Dame and Northwestern. Now, I can explain the Northwestern situation. And I'm sitting there. Uh, it was Saturday, and we we're out eating lunch with uh, the fiance's parents. Uh, we're not going to see them for a while, right? Um, and so we're out there. I'm eating a filet mignon at noon on Saturday in this place called Petey's, too. White tablecloth, everything. Kids are with us. They're ordering all kinds of stuff. Those kids, they, they two appetizers, fried cheese, calamari. Uh, me and the missus had a Bloody Mary. Uh, you know, everybody's ordered steak. It was $341 (laughs) for the six of us Uh, at the end of the day. And they threw in some free desserts. It's like, like, uh, I should have gotten the old 96er. You're like, Paul Paul Bunyan has for the kids. If I can get a dessert down him, but, um, Mm -hmm. so that's the deal there. Uh, and I'm sitting there watching this. Ohio, I'm like, it's the third quarter, and Ohio State and Northwestern are tied at seven. Northwestern is god awful. Oh, yeah, uh, and then, and then I and I looked, and uh, CJ Stroud was like ten for twenty six for like seventy five yards. And, and then I realized, uh, look outside. There's sixty five mile an hour wind gusts. 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess the passing game doesn't work all that well. Uh, and Northwestern's up on Lake Michigan. It's right on the lake. So there, if the wind is blowing inland like that, it is blowing even harder on that lake. Northwestern had a good game plan. They just ran the ball at them. And so that's what caused that. There was some talk about that being Clemson's issue as well uh, over in South Bend. So I don't know, man. I don't know if that was the case. They just got beat. Yeah, listen, they're just making excuses. They just got their butt handed to them. (laughs) Craiger says, when does Tennessee game time get announced? Already has been. It's, it's, well, it has been, but hadn't. It's going to be a night game, 7 or 7.30. ESPN 7, uh, SEC Network could be 7.30. I think the other game is like Arkansas and somebody. Is Arkansas Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Arkansas Miss is the yeah, yeah. Those are the flex games. You know? Boy, yeah. Arkansas, dude. Look, whoever's in charge of scheduling at Arkansas needs to be fired. Yeah, they do. Golly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, look what your other two non-conference, other three non-conference games were, were Cincinnati and BYU. <clears throat> you went to Provo for God's sake. Uh, you know, thankfully they tanked at the right time. Uh, you played Cincinnati in your opener. Uh, oh, and then the little guy was uh, oh Missouri State, coached by one Robert Petrino. The, who, who Robert you Petrino. And, then, and, then, and you're in the SEC West on top of that. Uh, so it's never easy. I mean, you've got a nice string of, of big-time teams. Uh, and then you, you basically, like, uh, you know, roll roll out there with Liberty, and, and you don't wake up in time, and you lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm saying Pittman, I'll be like, what do you want me to do? You know, I mean, and you still got Ole Miss and LSU left. <laughs> Terrible way to end it, the season. It, it, or it could be. Was. I mean, yeah. yeah. It could be. Yeah, it could be. And I'm hoping the pit ball steals one uh, sometime soon. Clint says they played in a tornado, basically. Yeah, uh, it was bad. Um, Tiffany says, go big blue. Yeah, Michigan's actually looked a lot better this year than I thought. So here's somebody that if South Carolina's offensive coordinator job opens that you don't want, Josh Gaddis. Okay, <laughs> Josh Gaddis, uh, and, and I, I don't like Josh. I remember when he was at Vandy and Penn State. Got to know him a little bit. Uh, really helped him on some things sometimes, and, and I like him as a person. I think he's the most overrated offensive coach in the country because he went to – Michigan, right? And, and look, they made the playoff last year, all all well and good. You know, he's supposed to revolutionize that offense. They weren't really all that good on offense at all. Now that they're back to kind of doing what uh, the pants man, Jim Harbaugh, is uh, accustomed to doing, they're really good. They're better on I mean, and, and they they don't mess around, dude. I mean, they're like, you know, struggle for a half against Rutgers. Oh, 52-17. Um, that game is not in Ann Arbor this year. Um, so it'll be interesting. And to your point about the Big Ten, Tiffany, as well, are we getting to the point where Ohio State can't play in weather? Mm. Uh, because they, they go, you know, they, they recruit a lot of kids from Ohio, but a lot of kids from all over, like Florida and other down south, Texas, places like that, too. Think about the Michigan game last year. C.J. Strauss from California, by the way. But think about that weather with the in Ann Arbor last year and what happened. Michigan lost. They got their booties kicked. I mean, I'm sorry, Ohio State lost. They got their booties kicked. Um, Weather at Northwestern. I mean, you know, you'd think they'd just line up and run the dang ball, right? But they didn't. 
and they almost Ooh. lost to the one of the worst teams in the country by a mile. Uh, so you kind of that's twice now that Ohio State's played a game in bad weather where you're like, well, this is the Big Ten. Aren't you supposed to just line up and run all over people if, if the weather's bad? Are they blowing? Is the wind blowing your running back off course? Was it that <laughs> yeah, bad? Right. It seemed like it. I didn't. I didn't let my dog go outside on Saturday, but for a little bit because I was worried. Number one, the wind would catch him and he'd blow away, or, or number two, something would blow and hit him. You know, and fall on top of him. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I didn't Tiffany's, see Jim Cantori out there, so it wasn't quite that bad, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany says Saban's issue. Yeah, Jim Cantori would have been amazing. <laughs> Tiffany says Saban's issue is he hired a bunch of must-champ coaches on D. Uh-uh. He hired Tavares Robinson. Yeah. It, unless Coleman Hutzler's coaching linebackers, but I don't think he is. I think he's just special teams. Uh, and then there's Wolford and Cox, and they're on offense. Hmm. Now, I'll say this, Tiffany. I do think you're on to something with one of them in particular. And uh, I think over the, the over the course of time, we figured out that this particular coach is a, a bit overrated. Probably should have never been the D coordinator here. No, no. Uh, but oh well, because um, their DBs are not well coached, and and so I, I'd I'd be a little concerned if I were Travis Robinson in the situation that I'm in. Um, Brian says he thought he had the competition won. He guessed thirty eight to twenty. Uh, Brian, I guess there's a point spread thing there. I think it was, hold on. I don't think you followed Sawyer because there were a couple people that had closer ones, but they were not following Sawyer Knicks, which of course was one of the rules. I don't imagine know. It couldn't be in the Zach says, what had the to chances be <laughs> Okay, uh, Brian, I'll, I'll send send inside the game guys at Gmail. Uh, your address. I'll send you a consolation prize pack. Mm-hmm. How about that? Um, but yeah, if you did, if you didn't put it on Twitter and tag Sawyer, there were there were different rules this week. Different. It was rules. a little yeah, a little uh, complex, a lot um, of ins and outs. Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances that uh, Lloyd plays on Saturday? Adam. I have a gut feeling it's going to be no, but uh, I haven't checked on it. I just – you kind of read the t- – it's as we move along with with this uh, era in college football where there's these false injury reports, right, you just never know who's going to be up or down in a given week. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> um, and every coach does it. It's not just Shane Beamer. It wasn't just Will Muschamp, you know. Uh, I think that uh, – you know, there are certain signs that you can give an educated guess about, you know, and I think didn't do much on Sunday is an educated guess of a, of a no. How about no? How about no? Uh, I'm hopefully he's back by, hopefully, hopefully he's back by Tennessee, especially hopefully he's back by Clemson. Uh, you missed that much time though. Then you start to worry, is he out of shape? You know, that kind of thing. Um, Quantrill says, would you go? Be the App State OC, probably not. I would. Uh, and look, man, it, it's it's weird because <laughs> uh, App State and Coastal, like I call those like Carolinas offenses. You know, like teams in the Carolinas 
you know, run those offenses like App State and Coastal, and they have success with it. Uh, at one point, one of the universities, you know, major will probably adapt that. It looks like you can get personnel to be effective, but uh, uh, I don't know that I don't, in my gut, don't feel like that's the direction Shane would go uh, if that happens. I'm not opposed to hiring from lower levels. Look at Phil Longo, guy came from junior college. He did. Uh, and then Sam Houston State. Um, the lower level guy, hey, I've got a name. I'll throw a name out. Okay, you guys want me to throw a name out? Uh, this is not scoop other than if the job opened, I think he'd be pretty interested, okay? Buster Faulkner. Uh, Buster was the OC under Rick Stockstill at Middle Tennessee State when Brent Stockstill threw for a million yards, right? A bunch of yards. And um, he is now uh, the offensive quality control at Georgia, but he essentially is coached Stetson Bennett up to what he is now, which I think is probably one of the better coaching jobs in America. Uh, mm -hmm. He runs a spread, high tempo. Uh, if we remember Middle Tennessee when Stock had it rolling with his son at quarterback, they went super duper. They, they ran a lot of good stuff. Uh, coached at Valdosta State, I think, under Chris Hatcher. So he's kind of an air raid guy. You know, there's a guy that's kind of some low-hanging fruit with a lot of experience. He's had a power program, so he's got credibility, but he doesn't have the job. Now, if Todd Monken gets a – uh, a head coaching job somewhere. It's going to be interesting because if you're Kirby, you're sitting there with Mike Bobo and this guy Faulkner. Hmm. Uh, very a, a big quandary there. Uh, but but anyway, you know, right now that, that's that's the deal there. But that that's just kind of a that's kind of a name that's maybe not on the radar. That I got a text uh, from one of his buddies today. So uh, there, I mentioned it. Uh, Jan says, I just woke up from a Nashville hangover. Did I miss anything? I have a feeling there's probably a lot of whiskey that you consumed, that Jan, which is perfectly fine. I hope you had a good time, brother. Uh, J-Rock says 3321. Oh, oh, they're talking about the, the contest. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, on to Florida, Jan. Uh <laughs> Tiffany says you had you had me at Buster. Oh wow! Whew, mm. uh, Zach says I want to see more of Leggett and Joiner on Saturday after their production against Vandy. No one sat, probably not. That's the one thing Phil I think will be extremely frustrated. Yeah, what are good? Yeah. I mean, you know, other than mm -hmm. other than get Juice Wells the dang ball down the field more often, I didn't really have a problem with the play distribution or the touches or anything like that. However, you know, it, 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 they did a good job of getting it into Xavier's hands and then getting it into Wells' hands and then a little Amari and Brown here and there. And they threw it to Josh, Josh Van and Babel and all that. And, well, and St Steiner probably could have, you know, and, and nobody's perfect, especially, you know, this offense with this offensive coordinator. Um, mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen a big streak right down the middle with Stogner, one of those tight end streaks, you know, boom. Uh, and that never happened. So, you know, I, I didn't have a big problem. But if they revert back on for, on Saturday and it's just like short pass behind the line of scrimmage, I mean, Florida's too Florida's too fast. Yeah, They may not be the most skilled Florida Gators defense. In fact, they're not a good defense. But they're fast. And so you have to find a way to figure that out. Um, 
Are you familiar, contrasts? are you familiar with Tony Tokars from FSU? I don't know if he's called plays, but he's tremendous in Jordan Travis's development. Yeah, I like him. I know some folks down at FSU, but he's not really a uh, not really a, a play caller, I guess. And, and they need somebody, guys, if they're going to make a change, that's not only called plays, but has a a track record of production. You know, right now Buster Faulkner has not called plays in a while, but boy, when he was at middle, they went up and down the field. So you have that production to go look at. Um, you, you just can't risk it. No more, no more experiments, you know, in my opinion. Uh, SCSD Higgs says, Raven looked pretty good last night. Happy Dawn dropped the mask. Mm. I'm going to try to stay away from the mask uh, debate sure. here. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh, yeah, Raven Johnson's a pretty good player. I think, uh, I think the Gamecocks will have another good team. Uh, Timothy says, basketball season starts too dang early. We are right there. We are right there together on that. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too early. Top of the show, man. I mean, there's no – and the reason they did this, it was – it's bad for the sport, okay, but probably better for the student athlete because they were like, man, you know, you you start ball like the end, middle middle to end of November, and then you're playing all these games in December, and then – you have games over Christmas holidays, a bunch, you know, three, two or three instead of like one that they have now. Uh, you know, there's just Christmas tournaments and stuff. And so they just stretch the whole thing out. And I can't stand it because I'm not ready for basketball. <laughs> and no, nobody else is either. And you look, you look around the SEC sometimes, Phil, and you see, you look at the scores after the, and you'll see like USC upstate beats Ole Miss in front of, like, 400 fans in Oxford. Because <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares, you know, at, yeah. At, at that point. And it, it's just, like, it's tough. Now, people are going to care tonight because it's the opener. Uh, and I think it's kind of smart to schedule the Clemson game because you automatically care about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm used to basketball getting rolling. You know, play a game like Thanksgiving the Monday before – or even the, the weekend before Thanksgiving, have your opener. That's fine. That used to happen. Um, and then you go through Thanksgiving holidays, you have a tournament or something that you get going there. You get going that Thanksgiving weekend and truck right on. Um, but the, the problem I have is it affects December basketball too, because, you know, you'll occasionally play a big time road game or something early and then you're off for exams for a week. Uh, and, and they always did the exam break, but then you'd come back and you'd have like a holiday tournament, maybe two more games maybe even a non-con after the new year, and then you get into conference play. Now you're almost taking like a month off with, with like one game a week. It's like a football schedule. So anyway, Zach says Duke offensive coordinator Kevin Johns, big Kevin Johns fan. Watch Duke play Boston College the other night. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany points out he coached with Limbo at Memphis. Yeah, I think he's a good – I think he's a good – I think that would work. I mean, he's he's a spread guy, tempo guy, but he's run game oriented. And that's kind of what I look for because uh, I still think in the SEC you got to run the ball. Uh, and, look, man, all these good teams with good offenses definitely run the football. Tennessee runs it just as much as they throw it. So, that's the deal. Craig says, I watched the entire girls' day game last night. What a degenerate. I've really got to get a life. Can't wait for the men tonight. Ah, Craiger, it's fine. I love basketball. No, I mean, man. I I, yeah, I love the sport. If you want to ever hear hear me scare my dog, <laughs> you watch a basketball game. 
People think I'm passionate during football. Basketball, it's like because they take these days they take such bad shots, right? And, and I and I played basketball, believe it or not, in basketball and football uh, in junior high and high school. It's actually all conference in junior high. I'm like Al Bundy. I played middle school basketball for our country. For our country, <laughs> remember he's like. When Bundy Al Bundy played for uh, Polk High, and he was like, "I played high school football for our country, Peg," you know. <laughs> and uh, by the way, never seen an unfunny episode of Married with Children. Uh, no. But but you know, so, so I keep up with the sport, and man, I took my share of bad shots, and God bless, I couldn't hit free throws. But it's maddening to watch when, when you got a team throwing up junk shots, and, you know, and then you can't hit free throws, and they can't get momentum, and then. You know, they get all the way up to momentum and somebody misses a layup. You just, it just makes you upset. Yeah. It is. It's a different game now, too, than, you know, when we were playing it. So (laughs) a little different. Yeah. Clint says, I don't love basketball like I used to. The game has changed a little too much for my liking. It's just not as beautiful as it once was. (laughs) Uh, It's like an aging starlet, you know. And in the Southeastern Conference, it's that, it's ugly basketball. Ugly basketball. Ugly basketball. Esmeralda, the aging starlet. That's what SEC basketball is. And the refs don't help at all. No, and they're jacked no. they're jacked up just like the football refs are, man. They're up there, mm-hmm. you know, hey, uh, you know, they're almost worse. They are because they get the cardio. Up, Mr. DeMille. Yeah. <laughs> ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille? Draw me like your French girls. But uh <laughs> You know, I, but I still love the sport. I just, uh, I can't, I can't, I just think it starts too dang early. Uh, but, but honestly, uh, looking forward to having something uh, to compete with the election tonight while I toggle back and forth. All right, mm-hmm. final break coming up. We're going to continue to talk about basketball and football and football recruiting and all that other stuff right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, 
or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show what's up this is Jaheen Bell with the Gamecocks and you are now listening to Inside the Gamecocks show with JC and Phil Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgess and team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at uh, a Burgesson, A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net. And I am trying to review the contest results. Um, there were a lot of ins and outs, so I may have missed one. But I think I think we may have picked an incorrect winner on second oh, no. view. It's like a freaking recount here. Send me to the damn Supreme Court to get it right next time. Uh, <laughs> I know, man. It does look like Beatty got it right. Got closer, Brian. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I already sent the email to Xavier. Mm-hmm. 
That's all right. Brian, send us your email. Right, right, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to step in and, and buy two shirts, and we'll just give two price packages. I was going to say, yeah, let's just, yeah, I'll go in on those. Not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, big, <laughs> slim, big, big Slim Pajama said his barbecue sauce got lost in the mail or something, and he was like, oh, just don't worry about my prize pack. from the So, so I'll, I'll put together two, and we'll have co-winners. It was a little too complicated. Uh, it was a there was, not not too complicated. It's a little complicated to a certain extent. You know, we're football fans here, and you know, not everybody does Twitter and stuff. But uh, so maybe we'll streamline the process next time. So in other words, you just you follow Sawyer, tweet at us, and if you get it, that's it. You know, because have it. You know, we had to disqualify some people that didn't uh, follow the instructions. So like mail in ballots, right? You don't sign the outside, you know. That's right. That's right. Um, hey, somebody's signature. There were a few signatures that didn't match. <laughs> signatures did not match. J-Rock says, I think our defense struggles from inconsistency. It's like they have it in them to get in for a game and play with an edge, but other times they're flat. I think we're missing a true leader. <sighs> Hard to say that. I, You know, there's a lot of guys with leadership qualities but, but there's not that one guy you go, that guy's the heart and soul of the defense. Because you can't just run around and, like, yell and, and, and oh, you're a leader. Uh, and and I, I think Jalen Foster played that role pretty good last year and played well, uh, especially back in the secondary. Um, but, but you got to back it up with your play. So who are the best players on the defense? Well, Nick and Wara, he's a freshman, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson are, are, are wily veterans, but they've never really been leaders. I think Zach Pickens leads up front, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he the heart and soul of the defense? I I don't know. J-Rock says we need someone like Swearinger who was on defense, gets the team hype, leads them, and plays with that consistent edge and attitude. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys like that that didn't go to the level <laughs> DJ Swearinger did. I know we all like to – and we and I love DJ. I mean, uh, it, there's no question that's what he was. I'll take you a Rashad Faison was that kind of guy during the Lou Holtz yeah. era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought Emmanuel Cook and Jasper Brinkley and Eric Norwood, you know, during Spurrier, guys like that. Obviously, you know, you, you had some guys that played with an edge after Swearinger left uh, during the Spurrier era. I thought Sky Moore was that kind of guy under Muschamp early. Um, Javon Kinlaw, his final year kind of did a bit – kind of in the same position that Pickens is in. It's like he, he's leading the line and all that, but maybe not. So Yeah. Well, um, I think Clint kind of hits on it too is with Mo Kaba being missing because I kind of feel like they were, you know, kind of counting on him to to be that guy. At the that could have been the guy. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. And he was playing absolutely fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can see kind of an edge that he was playing with. You know, if you feel what little we saw Mo this year, he was playing with. Um, Zach says, I think we need to bring Emin Wari up in the box and have him spy Richardson the whole game. We need to make them try to beat us passing. AR is prone to throwing interceptions. Yeah, who's going to cover the back end? That's the it, yeah, it's like I'd love to see him up there and then not necessarily always going for runs, but you know, maybe actually trying to get to the quarterback. Um, but gosh, he's such a, an asset when it comes to that running game. Cause he's, I mean, he's the leading tackler on the team. So it was like, you don't want to, maybe you don't want to mess with it too much. <laughs> uh, Craig talking about the contest. He's like, that contest was Sats offense. 
pretty close. (laughs) Clint says, send him a rally package as a consolation prize. Uh, J-Rock says, uh, Kroger makes a point, Birch, you know, I could see him doing something like that with Birch. Birch is pretty good at tracking guys down. Look, for a big guy, for somebody's 270 pounds, Jordan Birch, if he, he if he gets a straight shot at you, he will run you down. He's mm-hmm. done it a couple times during his career. Uh, Saunders says Devontae Holloman was a good one, too. Yeah, and that's that different mm-hmm. type of leader I was talking about. Holloman was excellent. And Melvin Ingram was an absolute dog. Loved him. Yeah, they had a lot of guys. A lot of guys out there. Uh, Clint makes a good point here. I think Van Martin Scott should get some more playing time. I completely agree with you. I was surprised not to see him on the field more this past weekend. I mean, truly, I, I just, you know, because he did not have that many snaps. I was like, where's Bam? I think they should, uh, I think you should consider that. Uh, people forget this guy was like a really highly recruited Juco guy. He just didn't get to Carolina. Um, uh, on time. And so uh, he ended up, um, you know, kind of redshirting last year, I guess. He may, may have been one of those academic redshirts nobody talked about. Who knows? But uh, – and I think he got, he got hurt during the spring, so he got behind. Hmm. But I'd play him. I mean, I, I just think he's got some some mojo about him, some playmaking ability. Um, and, and I think with Brad Johnson, to be honest with you, man, if you're not uh, – you know, if he's not rushing the passer, and, and I think he had a good game against AM here and there, and people beat up on him and they shouldn't. But I think his strength is rushing the passer, closing, getting after it, being disruptive. Uh, I think Bam's got a little more flex, what a flexibility to him a little bit. Bam also does a good job of getting his hands in the passing lane. Quick hands, very quick hand yeah. guy. Mm. So I, I kind of like that. Um Lady Bree says, period, we need to utilize a spy more against Florida. If we don't, AR will kill us. You need to do I think I think what you need to do with these guys is um same thing you did against Florida last year, same thing you did against North Carolina in the bowl. I mean, go to in the North Carolina in the bowl game, your, your deal is this. We have to stop Sam Howell from running the football. Sam Howell had 10 carries for three yards. Yeah. You know, get after it. I mean, AR 15 is bigger than Sam Howell, and you know. But he's not as big as KJ Jefferson, and he's a different type of runner. Um, so that's the deal there. Uh, Clint says I play him over Debo. He looks more athletic to my eye, at least. Yeah, and, and Debo's I honestly a little lost right now. Yeah. Um, he got uh, you know he's good. Debo's almost a Mike linebacker, right? So right now Sherrod Green's playing Mike, and they put Debo in at the will. I, I think. I thought Sherrod, when they played him at the will out of necessity in what was it, 2018, uh, I, I thought eventually he would be a Mike. Uh, and and the new staff moved him there. Um, I think that uh, Debo's a Mike. I'm just plain and simple. Now, you got Stone Blanton back there behind, um, behind Sherrod, and he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> So do you move Debo to Mike or, you know, I, I don't know what you do. Uh, he goes uh, really hard. But, yeah, Bam, I mean, Clint, I, I would kind of agree with you there a little bit. Uh, Bam does a little bit more, more uh, better instinctive stuff, I guess, 
that Debo, they were talking about moving him to edge, Bam Martin Scott, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Just never did it. 76 says, got to check out early. Y'all have a good one. See you tomorrow. Go vote. Just go vote. Go Cox. 76 Gamecock. Mm-hmm. Bring in the noise like he always does. Nativity says, you need to play assignment football. Zach says, Debo's good at making tackles in the open field, but at the line, he gets sucked in and attacks the whole wrong. I agree. Yeah. And that's the thing you can't do. People used to ask me all the time, like, what the heck's the problem with Rosendo Lewis and why does he look so slow uh, when he was a true freshman and hadn't didn't have the string of injuries? Uh, he didn't look that slow when he was in high school. No, he didn't. Well, he's not he's not a slow player. He's just, you know, he's, he's hesitant. And at linebacker, you can't – you take what's called false steps – and you get out of position, it can wreck your whole defense. People wanted to know why Damani Staley played all year last year, uh, other than injuries. Well, Damani was really good at his, his assignments and all that. Now, and, and when you get past Damani, he couldn't catch you. Okay, that, that was the problem. But um, maybe a little Jalen Foster, too. You could, they weren't catching those guys once they got past them. But he was good at playing his assignment. And it could get you beat, especially if a, a young linebacker in there that over-pursues takes false steps, and a false step is – so at linebacker, you're taught to diagnose the play, right? Uh, so he's going here, and you flow in that direction. That's why lateral movement and short shuttle and, and those types of data points are far more important for a linebacker than a 40-yard dash. Because, yeah. yes, you are closing straight line, but it's way more important that you can move laterally. Because you you can be uh, stiff as a penguin's paddleboard, Right. And, uh, and, 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 and go straight line fast all day and you're going to get whipped at linebacker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what Debo's doing, taking false steps, getting sucked in that kind of thing. Uh, and it's just a matter of diagnosing and, and being better at that. You know, some guys never get there, but, um, you know, and if you do that, that's why that can ruin your defense because everybody else is doing their job and it can do their job. And you got a linebacker that's way out of position that theoretically is supposed to fill the hole and make the tackle. So instead of a one-yard gain, you're like, uh, you know, 20 or more. <laughs> J-Rock says if we can take ARs running out of the game, it will limit Florida offensively. That needs to be the first priority on defense. I need to look up and see who's really stopped him on the ground this year. Uh, I know Missouri gave up, believe it or not, 231 rushing yards to the Gators. Anthony Richardson had like I think thirteen for forty or fifty, but it was it was their backs that really did the most of the damage, which is kind of scary when you consider that Missouri's run run defense is pretty good. Florida didn't even throw but for sixty six yards in that game. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Joshua said, "Who were the two linebackers Spurrier had that were underrated? Those guys were really good. Rodney Polk and Shaq Wilson, or are we talking about Josh Dickerson and Tony Strader?" You know, I don't know. Uh, Jan points out Shane Burnham, great assignment guy, but two steps slow. Uh, now, Jan, that's a different category of guy. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's a liability. That's a huge liability. And look, if you had to depend on Damani Staley, maybe for more than one year and he didn't really get a lot faster and all that, you know, maybe he becomes that liability too. But that guy, I mean, it, it, it was – like clockwork Spurrier coming in with the Gators and, you know, Carolina, like I told the story, Carolina get up seven, nothing or whatever. Spurrier will finally go, Oh shoot, there's 52. Hmm. 
let's line up Jabbar Gaffney in one-on-one situation against him. And back then, defenses didn't really account for it. I don't think Wally Burnham accounted for much of anything while he was there. And so that's obviously a touchdown. Uh, Craiger says Kentucky stopped him. That's good because Kentucky has got a pretty good defense. Uh, Dickerson yeah, is stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say Missouri too. I mean, you know, the the teams you would think would be effective at containing him were Georgia, obviously Missouri, great defense. Um, Kentucky's yeah, a Kentucky, top eleven yeah. defense. Yeah, that was, and he only had four yards against Kentucky. And believe it or not, USF held him to twenty four. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gotta hope for that 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 USF performance by the Gators this weekend and Anthony Richardson. Um uh, Dickerson and Strutter did overperform two JUCO guys they brought in from Georgia military to kind of fill some holes. I think 2010, 20, 20, 2009, 2010, they were the starters. So uh that's the deal there. Um, happy, happy, happy says at this point, I'm not quite sure anyone knows what to expect from the Gamecocks on offense or defense. Personally, I'll be in watch and hope for the best mode this weekend. Go Gamecocks. It's a hard game to figure out because both teams have been up and down, right? Yeah. And, and if you compare scores, you go, well, they beat A&M by 17 at their place. The Gamecocks won by six, but A&M had probably 15 more players uh, healthy that game than they did for Florida out there. Well, what about Kentucky? The Gamecocks won up there by 10, had their best half of offense, even better than the Vandy first half. I thought second half of Kentucky, 266 yards. Like, okay, how about that? Well, you know, they kind of held Florida down at the swamp. Okay, well. Levis didn't play. Okay, you know, oh, well, Missouri, yeah, they, beat, they were able to beat Missouri and run it all, run it well against, you know, so, so you kind of just look at it and go, man, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, the LSU was competitive at the end, but LSU was blowing them out at the swamp. And then they came back garbage touchdowns and made it. Um, yeah, same with uh, Tennessee. Cause I mean, Tennessee was killing them and they had to climb back in it. You know, yeah. kind of Tennessee defense yeah. let off the gas. Mm. I I think the Tennessee defense has come more into its own since then too. I think yes. uh I think they really played well against Georgia this weekend. But um, you know, I, I, I think at that point they were still kind of finding themselves and struggling and you know, they they were kind of more of a big play D. Um, you know, Pitt went up and down the field on them. Uh Pitt's not a juggernaut on offense, by the way. Uh on the road and and you know uh I still think the Gators, you know, you talk about teams that, you know, uh, have other teams' numbers. Florida has Tennessee's number, you know, and has for a long, long time. Uh, and, and I think kind of like what, what happened with Carolina and A&M. You know, A&M just came back, you know. Uh, the game was never really totally like, you know, butt-puckering in doubt, right? But <laughs> but. uh it was still scary there at the end, and, and I think a sigh of relief. Uh, Zach says, Sky Moore was great, always around the ball. Yes, and could play pass defense and could, I mean, and led the team in tackles as a true freshman in 2013. Very special player, Sky Moore. Um, you know, and really uh, was a big part of, of the 2017 defense that forced all those turnovers. Gamecocks won nine games. So, so I'm with you guys. I, I don't know. 
exactly what to think about this game. Uh, it's uh, it's hard just because of how up and down both teams have been, especially Carolina. And you look at Carolina, you know, was that a coming out party on offense or was that like the one or two good games a year you get? And then you revert. Because I know this, the Florida game last year was a really good game on offense, I thought, all things considered. And they came back out against Missouri the following week on the road and reverted badly. <laughs> badly. Didn't really wait back up till second half of the Auburn game or second quarter of the Auburn game. And then reverted badly the next week. Well, then North Carolina. Well, then you have Georgia State and Arkansas and Georgia. Reverted badly. So, I mean, I don't know. If I'm Shane Beamer – I'm just sitting him down, sitting the Saturday for them and say, look, whatever you did last week, we're going to do the same types of concepts because you don't you don't call a lot of times what's called play calling is based on what defense they're in. Um, so so you need some similar type concepts to run out there against uh, the Florida D, uh, which is susceptible. Uh, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to go back to the we're going to gather everyone around the line of scrimmage and sing kumbaya yeah. and throw it short that's not gonna work uh no. you know it, it's a hope that the hope i think is is that they kind of found themselves a tiny bit and then want to go from there josh says if i'm the dc i sell out to stop Florida's quarterback from running and force him to throw yeah a lot of other people have said that too i think sometimes the problem with that is if he's on passing the ball which he has been at from time to time this year misses the tennessee game uh, and they, they're a defense that sells out and stop running. What, what's hilarious about Tennessee, Phil, they're 11th in the country in run defense. They're 102nd in total total defense. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That, and it's interesting that, looking at, uh, at Richardson's stats, too. It was like, because he's got some momentum, you know, in his direction here. He's, you know, 185 yards is the least amount he's thrown since uh, – you know, Missouri. Like Missouri held him to 66 yards. He get 185 against LSU, 271 against uh, Georgia, and 201 at a, or against AM. So, I mean, he's starting to throw the ball more. But I, I agree with you. I think you take a. I think you take a track like you did in the bowl game against Sam Howell and just say, okay, listen, if we can keep him from running, not necessarily completely shut the run down, but yeah, you got to stop him from running somehow uh, and, and not necessarily force him to throw the ball because he's, I mean, he's, he's an athlete. He can throw, but you just hope you get that Anthony Richardson at the beginning of the year that was throwing it more to your guys than he was to his own. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, he's throwing it all I, That's crazy. If you're an opposing defense, all you have to do is shut, shut down. Miners rush the middle to cover the flats. Yeah, everybody's griping about boots and waggles and slants. That's why. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess technically that would that's probably more like a post that that. Uh, um, you know, okay, a, a, a post, probably like a little post uh, to um, to Juice Wells for the touchdown. That's not a slant. They don't run slant. I don't think there's a slant in the offense. Maybe, maybe not. Lady Bree, watch some film. Tell me, is there ever a slant? Uh, Tell me how many we've run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think maybe we got a little spoil. Steve Spurrier loved the slant. Throw that little slant. Oh, shoot. 
Uh, Clint says, I don't think you sell out to stop Richardson. You just have to find a way to play better at linebacker, and a good offense should help the defense. Agree with the last part. I don't know how it's going to get better at linebacker. I mean, it kind of is what it is, but the, the, the thing, the point there, Clint, though, is also this. I do think that um, Sherrod Green can play better than he did the other night. So can Brad Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, or They're not going to be ideal, but uh, all that. Lady Bree says there's not enough slants. They have some, but nowhere near yeah. enough of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. I was like, oh, that's like design rollout too. That's another thing, you know. It means what Keith's been I, harping on. Yeah, I, I don't the, the boots and waggles. Yeah, yeah I, boots I, and I, waggles. I mean, I don't know if it was by design or not. Where Spencer Rattler rolled rolled out the other night. I mean, he's pretty lethal with that man. Get him on the get him on the run. I mean, you're playing. Let's just say. I mean, I've I mentioned Florida's defense is str- they're a struggling bunch right now. But they're always fast. They're that's they're faster than your average to below average SEC defenses. They they, they may not be good, but they they have speed. And so, slow developing plays are not going to work. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, last yeah, slide like I remember one was, with the the carry and joiner. I don't think where he's running around in a circle is going to be that effective against these guys. That might just be too long developing. Yeah. (laughs) Track that guy down, man. So anyway, uh, I thought we hit Brooks on a slant near the goal line against Mizzou. Perhaps. I don't remember that. We may have. Yeah. I don't remember hitting it, but you might be right. Clint. Still. Zach says last. But I remember was the bell in the bowl game for a t- kind of more of a deep was that a slant or maybe a skinny post I, i'll give no, it i'll give it a slant i mean yeah it's like a, it was an rpo which they, they haven't run they, they ran it once against ecu and it would have been a touchdown but colonel zeb one opted out there you know uh zeb zeb hit it in the bowl game though and jane bell still running i mean that was amazing so you know hopefully you know i uh i don't know so uh josh says would you guys play dk quarterback more during this game i don't josh i honestly don't think that's the answer not Uh, not this week i think (laughs) i think giving him the stuff they gave him saturday night works because it's a package not a play um I'm worried. I would worry to death just to, if you're asking me about concerns. Uh, now that it kind of worked last week, are you going to go to that well too many times? I mean, I just, man, I just don't, you know, I, I think there's a way you implement that that, that can work, but I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't think it's any kind For of me, answer. I think, I think. Yeah, I was going to say for me, I think it's Rattler's ability to move is what you try to exploit this week. You know, try to incorporate some of the stuff that you were using with DeCarry and Joyner, but using the athleticism of your number one. Yep, I agree. Craig Crager says Boots and Waggles is his favorite band. That's a good way to end it, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, for Boots and Waggles, thanks to our new sponsor, Boots and Waggles. I am. Come down right now. Sunday, Boots and Waggles. I bet they sing a mean (laughs) cover of Wheels in the Sky. Keep on turning. Anyway, all right. 
For Phil Mullinax, is J.C. Sherbert. Thanks to Sawyer Nicks for today. We're going to get those two prize winners, their prize packs. Don't worry about it. We'll be back tomorrow with Jamie Bradford with the Bradford Files. Going to try to get uh, a Florida expert on later this week for you uh, and all of our normal cast of characters each and every day on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. That's a wrap.